Yo, Westway Nissan are sponsoring us again today and don't forget that they have got an awesome offer on for service personnel and veterans. They are doing up to 20% off their vehicles for members or former members of HM Forces. 20% is huge. They have new and used vehicles for sale, private and commercial models. Westway Nissan have got branches all over the UK. They even have an older shot, the home of the British Army. So if you are thinking about getting a new or a used car, you can save yourself a ton of cash with Westway and a discount for ex-military. Get online and have a look at westwaynissan.co.uk or better yet, get your backside into one of their branches. As I always say, go and see the cars for yourself. Nice, shiny, new gadgets. I love Nissans. Not only that, if you're ex-military and looking for work... Westway are massive on recruiting you guys and girls into all sorts of roles, from technicians and sales through to service receptionists. If you're stuck for work or not sure where you want to go in Civvy Street, give Westway a call. They will definitely help you out. Westwaynissan.co.uk Westway Nissan on social media. Bang. Also sponsoring us today are McDonald Brown Limited. McDonald Brown Limited are a family-run and owned business specialising in all aspects of mechanical and electrical installation, design and maintenance. They've been trading for over 40 years. Their directors and management team are all apprentice trained through all disciplines of the industry. All their engineers hold mandatory CSCS cards, asbestos awareness, first aid and abrasive wheels qualification. With a very low turnover in staff, some of the engineers have been with the company for over 40 years themselves. Their younger members are all in apprenticeship training or just completed. Their last electrical apprentice was nominated for the London Final of Apprentice of the Year in December 2014, which was held aboard HMS Belfast along the banks of the River Thames. Very nice indeed. The company's client list includes the Metropolitan Police, MOD, American Air Force, Foreign and Commonwealth, Price Waterhouse Coopers, Thames Water, Costco and Grosvenor Estate. They also partner with building companies such as Vinci and Balfour Beatty. Because of the nature of their clients' background, all of their staff have to have a clear counter-terrorism check vetting process. This includes all office staff as all correspondence is deemed confidential. McDonald Brown Limited is a 24-7 company available 365 days of the year. They're also ISO 9001, 14001, 18001, 22301 and 50001 and Rosper Gold Achievers. They take all the flipping legislative boxes. These guys do not mess about. Find them at mcdonaldbrownltd.co.uk and also on social media, uh, Twitter and Facebook, McDonald Brown Limited. Superb company, very kind of them to sponsor this show today. This show today, which is H plus 19 with Gavin Tuak, a serving chief petty officer with the Royal Navy and an ambassador for the charity Care After Combat. Definitely enjoyed this chat, and I think he did too. And uh, he's, he's, a mount, he's a mountain of a man. He's a mountain of a man. So have a look at YouTube as well. He's a, he's a sight to behold. H plus 19 with Gavin Tuak. Enjoy. going live yes live on uh, live on youtube and uh, we're live upstairs gavin happy days absolute pleasure mate thank, thank you. you and uh as always mate 
it's an administration nightmare when the get especially turn up early like, if the guests are punctual and on time it makes my life a misery i'm always <laughs> i'm always rushing to get you in when i rocked up the, when you said you were you and i got yeah and i rocked up in the car park like we were saying off air before and i said uh chief when you said chief petty officer I like, that's not commission i think why haven't we had you you're an officer I look, but when I pull up in the car and you got out of your car I thought that's, that's not an officer tattoos fucking guns mate yeah funny 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 thanks for joining up Where, you coming from Bristol yeah so yeah working in Bristol at the moment um, originally from Billyford North Devon um, Billyford Billyford so you know the Westwood Ho Barnstable but yeah, I went I went adventure training in Barnstable and I was in rock so literally, climbing literally nine miles from Barnstable um, that's where uh, I grew up yeah. And now we live in Stafford. Stafford's alright. I've been there for a long time, mind. It, it is. Um, so that's where the wife's from, um, and that's yeah. why. And now I live with her and two daughters, so all good. Ex- Wait, we've I've, we've um, we've skipped something, yeah. This yes, is, we have. I've done this twice now in, in the last few shows. I can smell beer. <laughs> smell and see. <laughs> what have you got? It's a special as well. Oh, is it? Well, Gloucester Services. You seen that, that nice farm service station? The missus just recently introduced me to that. And I was amazed. I didn't want to leave. It's like being on a little, uh, like a oh. food holiday. Cotswold uh, house lot. House. What's house mean? H a u s. It means house, doesn't it? As in house in English. She wasn't, she wasn't hops. <laughs> hops. Ah, tell me why. There's also a gift in there for you as well. Oh, you like gifts? Seen, I'm the, the second Royal Navy you person. You, you are the second, and uh, I actually, I didn't pay enough attention to the first. I paid a lot of it. I didn't pay enough. You correct me when we came in. On the Michael Coates episode, we were trying to work out what HMS stand f- stood for. And it sta- does not stand for Her Majesty's Station, that like I said. It's gone. Her Majesty's Shore Establishment. Or ship. Or ship. Because you have to be confusing because you're the senior service. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I got it. I got it, guys. Right, what we got? Wild beer. Wild beer. I tell you like that. Nick, Nick Goldsmith. Which one would you like? Not first. Not first. Have you tried both of these? I've tried none of them. Right, sure. You will have a different one each then. Yeah. I tell you, what, I'll, have the, I'll have the Wild Beer Evolver from. Uh, uh, where's the brewery? Where Should be local, I've hoped. Brewed and bottled by the Wild Beer Co. in the United Kingdom, Lower Westcombe Farm, Shepton, Shepton Mallet, Somerset. Somerset for me. And, uh, that sounds German. That does. Hars. House, yeah. Hars. Uh. Delicious. Cheers. Cheers. And thank you for the gift. Oh, hang on. You said you've got a gift. Yeah, there's a gift in the bag as well. Never mind the podcast. <laughs> the gifts. Jack Speak, a guide to British naval slang and usage. I've never seen this before. <laughs> when did... Um, <laughs> it's been around for, for, for many years. Has it? Right. Right then. I'm going to open this in a row. <laughs> I know this is a random page. Noza. Noza. This is a, have you heard this word before? Navy uh, word? Noza. Yes, I've heard Yeah. And a Noza is a new entry trainee seaman said to be named after an instructor at HMS Ganges in Shotley around 1910 who was possessed of a particularly large nose. <laughs> See Raleigh. Also, I note the Royal Marine, the Royal Marine equivalent of Noddy. So Noza. Noza is a trainee seaman. Ah, so Nozza's like a, we call that a Joe. Right, so yeah. So if it's, if it's well, Power Edge call a person in training a Joe, a Joe. So is that like a Nozza? Yes, yeah. A, 
Right, this is awesome. Thank you. That's going to be a permanent. I'm going to keep this in here permanently, permanently. And if I, ever, if I ever get a boring guest, which I want, which I don't think I ever will, I'll just I'll just resort to this and crack some crack some out. What does that say about you? I've already crack one out already. We've only been five minutes. <laughs> I'm joking, mate. When did you get? When did you join the navy? 2003. So okay. Yeah. 15 years ago. Well, yeah, 15. I'm still serving now. Still serving now. Did you have to get permission to come on? Should you no, have? And you haven't well, bothered. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't exactly have a commanding officer as such at the moment because I work at Ministry of Defence, Abbey Wood. Okay. So I work with a lot of civil servants. Um, my ex, my old commanding officer from a ship, he's he's fully aware of it, and he says, "Yeah, fine." The thing is, you, as a senior aide in the navy, you do different interviews and you talk to media on the ships and stuff as well so you kind of know the lines to take and not to bring the service into distribute so as a senior aide in the navy a, se- a senior rate so a you senior got, rate yeah so you got you know AB, um, able rates junior rates explain those I ain't got a clue buddy I ain't so got a clue you join we join the navy you're an, an able rate able seaman um, so you're a junior rank yeah. so AB is junior rank leading hands are junior rank commence your corporals um, yeah and then you go to Petty Officer, which is the first senior rank, Chief Petty Officer, second senior rank, and then one officer two for some branches, and then one officer one is the top of the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the non-commissioned. So rates is like ranks. We have junior and senior yeah. ranks. You have junior and senior rates. Yep. Got you. Got you. So um, when did you... So Chief Petty Officer is like a colour sergeant? Yes. Yeah. So when did you when did you get promoted? 2014. Oh, okay. How, are you find, how many postings have you had in that time? So this is my second posting as a, as a chief, um, as a ship to begin with, um, and then I've been three years at Bristol. What were, you, what were you doing in the ship? So DEPCO, Dep- Departmental Coordinator for the Logistics Department, so I'm Logistics Branch. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of like the, the Logistics Officer, which is a left-hand commander normally. Mm-hmm. You're kind of their, their right-hand man or or woman um, so you you coordinate the logistics department so you attend meetings and make sure there's no clashes with like, for the whole ship y- yes for the logistics department for the whole ship yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so like uh, like our QM stores and like quartermaster stores kind yeah of yeah I would say yeah similar. yeah, yeah that's not, it's not an easy task no. right? especially on a ship no so well we got that that who, as well who crunches the numbers and what you need well, everyone. So, everyone else. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it's kind of because it's not your sole job. So I was um, the, the departmental coordinator, but I was also the chief caterer. So it was my job to make sure that the lads and lasses got, well, predominantly lads because it was a stag ship. Stag mm-hmm. ship means there was no females on board. How was that defined then? Why, why, why though? Why, why are some ships? Is that only because there was no females on board just by chance or they aren't allowed on board? No. So. Some ships are still designated stag ships, and I believe it's because of the, of the facilities on board. Um, you know, so the mess decks where you know people sleeping out. You know, there's only a certain amount of people we can we can sleep on a ship. So um, a certain amount of mess decks. So they're predominantly depends whether you know where the heads or toilets and showers are. You wouldn't have a a females mess forward at the ship and the showers are down aft because then they have to walk in the towel and flip flops all the way down to the aft, you know. Yeah, over into the ship, and it doesn't make for, for good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get around that in the future. It should, I think it, that uh, they should. Go, I think all toilets should just go to unisex. Oh, well, that's the Dutch Navy, isn't it? Do they do that? Do they? Dutch Navy are unisex toilets <laughs> and showers. Why doesn't that, that surprise me? Yeah. The Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> is it all unisex on all the ships? Is unisex uh, for the Dutch, I believe. Yeah. Um, 
navy was correct the navy is not all stag ships so some ships um obviously you've got male and females and even submarines now male and females but they des- like they must i think they design different designed in yes i wonder if uh do you reckon do you reckon that that design sort of of being able to accommodate male and female on the submarines for example because i'm guessing that wasn't the case in the past do you reckon that design has just happened by chance because of uh warfare needs or like like technical needs as opposed to the desire for um the mod to be more what's the word be more um diverse diverse Um, yeah um i wonder if yeah what what do you think i think females have been on ships for before i before i joined them um so I think it's just a progression thing, um, mm. definitely for submarines. I think it, the reason they went along submarines before it was all the oh, apparently if you know if they got pregnant and stuff, they, you know, and especially if it, on the nuclear deterrent submarine, you know, you're not going to surface to to get someone off and mm-hmm. and lose your nuclear deterrent because someone's pregnant. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, that won't go down too well. Um, How do they get around that then? I'm not, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm not sure myself. Um, I'm not a submariner, but I think. That's just an extreme example, and I think they said it used to it used to mess with the woman's yeah. genetic make you know, the, you know the ability to have children in the, the future. Physiology, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nuclear as well, and nuclear submarines. You know, you hear yeah, the stories of. But if it uh, if it wasn't if it's not safe for a pregnant woman, it's not safe for flipping anyone. I would suggest if you're that long. No, it's not, and that's surely. why. Oh, yeah. it's still the case. Well, submariners <laughs> sub- get get paid extra because of, because of the, the hazardous weight thing around it and, and, oh. and I, I say I've always said it and a lot of people say it, they can keep their submarine pay because it's, I would rather really? Yeah, I, rather. I, I assume it was, I assume they got the extra pay just because um, because it was uh, just like like a pain in the ass. Well, you know just very isolated but nah. probably a bit of both well have they got any like studies on that? Has anybody so far been any like cases of leukemia is caused by radiation or something yes, like yeah cancer? I think I the thing is people sleep next to the nuclear reactor so like some mess decks are you know the, bulk, the bulkhead which is the wall mm. is next to the nuclear reactor so I don't know if any, it must have been studies because there think, must have been health, your, your health and safety yeah the <laughs> thing is I don't know I know about the basic knowledge of submarines and I've been down on a submarine as well um, and they can keep their pay and that kind of standard of living it is a different world. I, I've been yeah. on one. I went on a I went on a tri services uh, sailing trip. I think I've mentioned this before. I I went on a tri services sailing trip. I say trip. It, it was a tri services sailing torture is what it was. It was well for the first few days anyway. We 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 sailed from um, Brest in France to the across the Bay of Biscay to Spain. I got, so. Santander, not Santander. I'm just pulling names out my ass now. I don't know somewhere that began with S on the Spanish coast. Obviously on the coast, it would be inland. What if we were sailing there? And uh, and um, there was there was twelve of us. There was three watches. Um, it was a fifty-five foot yacht or something. It was a fifty-five foot like boat ship. I, I'm not sure. That, I'm just really conscious now. You're sat there. I got the two on you wrong. I messed up the cut lines of Simon. He clocked it straight away. Um, Anyway, we sailed across three watches, and uh, it was of those twelve, eight of us were power edge, and of those eight power edge, um, I think seven of us were privates. So you know, like able seamen, except <laughs> non-able seamen, right? And um, <laughs> then the other four were navy, and it was um, I think one of them was a chief petty officer. Oh, what's the next rank up actually? One officer. 
Oh, is that what it's called? Warrant officer? Yeah. I wasn't. It was a chief pet, pe- chief petty officer. I would remember warrant officer. It was chief petty officer. And then, then it was the equivalent of a, of a, of a CO, like a, a com- like a, a commissioned officer, was it? A commissioned officer, a CO with a, 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 our command officer, commander battalion. So, um, like a, a W, the, the W01 would be the right hand man of that commander. So, who's the right, who, when you've got W01s, then the next, what's this next, next, next one was sub lieutenant, lieutenant. Ah, uh, it might have been a sub lieutenant, lieutenant then. And they were the other four. And they were all, ah, uh, no, there was two, there was those two. There was a submariner. His nickname was Jumper. And he was a little bit different. Like, he was a little bit different. Like, um, <laughs> And uh, it was a sailing ship. Oh my god! It's just they were all right. Obviously, we were just in. We were just. It was just. It was just vomit everywhere. It was rough, rough time across the across the Bay of Biscay. But then we got to Spain. It was all right. It was all right. <coughs> um, but uh, yeah, the submariner on there. He, he, you know, you can tell when someone doesn't get out much. Right? <laughs> they, they don't see much sunlight, and they don't. They don't get to get pissed much. Right? Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and then he's on a ship. A ship. We, we we finished the sailing and then we were getting a ferry back from Spain back to Portsmouth or Plymouth one of the right. two right because the, the the yacht was staying there and we were coming back and that was the end of it and we all went on the same ferry the twenty four hour ferry right so we get, so we get in the, we get on on the on the ship on the flip the fucking ship this is you this is on the ferry and uh, straight away like Reg bloke off to the, the, the off off license you know, the the uh, duty free yeah. and. Uh, the logic was with all of us, right? We'll get a couple of crates of beer, which we can drink on you because we got twenty four hours of getting pissed. That's what we're thinking, and then we get like a couple of like things for loved ones and like, a few that way inclined. Bottle of whiskey, bottle of vodka, that kind of stuff. So we we go up, we queue, we pay for this stuff, and then they say, no, you can't take the beers. What? You know, you can't take the beers back because it's, it's too many. You can not allowed to take the lager back to the cabins. We have cabins, right? But we could take the spirits. <laughs> Logic oh, mate. it was crazy right it was crazy one of the last memories I have of being in like the public domain on that, on that ferry was being about 6pm there was a magic show on right? there was a magic show on and next thing there's six power edge lads naked no family's watching this and I'm not I'm not proud of it however it will serve for my amusement <laughs> even though six power edge legs and a naked conga across the across the dance floor it did not go down well it was one security guard on on board starts chasing us everywhere I remember leopard crawling across uh, down while I was going down my cabin was up going down these stairs and we got back in the room the next morning we woke up Jumper the the submariner had missed all of this he'd missed it all and he was nowhere to be seen right so we we go looking for him we we were alerted to where his cabin might be as we got on the corridor where all the uh, where all the um, cabins were and all you could smell was feces it was just stank right it was just and it was a like a door you could see it like 50 yards down a jar and there's only one place to smell was coming like, what the fuck you know? like, last time we'd seen him was 14 hours before and he'd <laughs> we'd done a dentist chair in his cabin we this is where we oh, got in got the spirits out before he we went because then if you drink your spirits in the room you'd have to spend money at the bar right so we would get minging obviously the the out the off uh the outcome of that was naked Congo and and, and now we've got this stink on the on the corridor. We don't know where it is, but jump has not been seen anywhere. So you go down the corridor, right? Open the door, um, in the cabin, and it's Jesus, fingers of your nose. It was disgusting. And he's in there, and and he sat on the toilet. He's really short as well, short, slight fellow, glasses, and he sat on the toilet, unconscious. He's got his clothes still on. 
there's vomit all in the sink next to him his arms are all in it right and he's sat in the, he's sat in the toilet and he's gone to the toilet several times but he's still fully clothed mate. <laughs> 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 he was, he was oh. gone he spent 14 hours sitting on the toilet destroyed and what he'd done when you recollect back three quarters three quarters of a bottle of JD he'd oh, done dear. the dentist he just sat there just kept taking it taking it taking it didn't get out that's all that radiation yeah, all the radiation. must have been. So that's submariners for me. That's submariners for me. Yeah, but the HMS Talon went too. It, it was just uh, cramped, isn't the yeah. word? Cramped, isn't the word? It's a special kind of people got to go on there. Yeah. Do you ever do the do the ships ever have to link up with the subs or anything like that? Yeah. So um, on, on a few deployments I've been on, you um, there's always a submarine within the vicinity, and you kind of like always. Oh, in the ones you've been on. Yeah, pretty much. On, when you're on deployment, um, there's always a submarine in, in the waters around you, where it's um from the UK you know, or, or foreign navies you know because we go on exercise and deployments with other other navies so they will then surface sometimes and you you the command officer might go over there or their command officer come on board the ship sometimes they do cross poles so they they send a few people over to the submarine to spend a few hours on and and vice versa kind of thing so on the British subs even on foreign foreign ah. but, uh, I'm not sure if it's the subs are crossover yeah. or the ship 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 on. and sub and sub and, you know yeah, ships yeah, and yeah, ships yeah. and ships and subs you know yeah. just to get a feel for what it's like because um, there's people you know there's people that joined up the navy they want to be a submariner and then they've gone to general service which is ships and there's people that have joined up the navy want to be general service and then they think oh no, i fancy a bit more money you know, or or i want to see what life is like a submariner so they go submariner so you you, you switch switch between the two um did you ever go on, on many other ships foreign ships i no, no, not like I remember. Um, no. What about? Um, did you ever? What ship are you on last then? HMS Sutherland was the last one. What does Sutherland do? So it's anti-submarine warfare. Ah. So it's got the um, what we call the tail at the back, the towed away patrol. So it's got like a, a big tail, and it, it you put they, they put it out the warfare guys. Is it uh, tail? Describe what you mean by tail. So it's like a radar, radar. So it, it goes at the back, it, it's under, like a, under a the water. Wire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, goes at the back and it, it, it kind of pings and tries to pick up submarines um, to you know, locate submarines. And then, so it detects them. Does it attack? Can no, it attack? No, no. So basically, it, it kind of like finds where the submarines are or whereabouts they are, um, and then we can get into the vicinity of where they are to if you need to attack and launch, launch torpedoes or, or or whatnot. So you know, when you're on the ship, you know, when, uh, one of the things that surprised me when I went on the submarine. Jumper submarine. I think it was after. It was before. It must have been before. Yeah, this episode. Like just before. Um, was that the ping of the sonar? You can hear that with your ears. I stood on the, you know, from outside. Yeah. When the films, it always comes across like ping because they're always looking at a radar when it's at, yes. when they're watching it. So you think that that sound is like coming from a speaker on the radar, but that sound, the sonar, ping. You hear it coming through yeah. the walls of the ship through the ocean. I yeah. couldn't believe it. It was amazing. Yeah. Can you hear it on the ship when you're like down below? Yes, that's a yeah, technical yeah. term down below down below isn't it yes. yeah. lower decks um, yes you can hear it throughout the whole ship so you, really? you, lie, you lie there in your rack in your bed uh, at night or oh no and it's like ping do not send you mad but you can't get used to it but there's always a noise on a ship so you've constantly got the, the, air, the air vents going so yeah. you know, um, and stuff going on and you know pipes are the main broadcast when you know something's wrong is when you can't hear anything because like, if, say, if there's a fire or flood then they crash stop ventilation so the whole ship goes quiet and then you wait for general alarm and you know. if there's a crash stop flood they crash stop ventilation if there's a suspected flood or fire because oh, they crash of, stop it, yeah, right? yeah because all, all the ventilation throughout the ship is all linked if there's a fire and smoke then 
potentially if you don't crash stop ventilation you're going to fill the fill the whole ship with smoke so do they, do they shut it off modularly or do like the whole thing the whole thing until so, I, I find out where the issue yes, is yeah yeah and i take you down sprinklers oh no you will have sprinklers no, 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 well no not, not all ships so the new ships do um I think the amphibious class, do, the amphibious class do in certain areas, which is HMS Albion and HMS Bulwark, because they have the, um, the big well dock. So the landing craft and the Royal Marines. So the well dock basically, um, you've got a big amphibious ship. The back end opens. Yeah. The back end sinks, yeah. fills the well dock. Then you got the landing craft can then drive into the back of the ship, close the door, drain the well dock, and then. So the landing craft has just landed and coming back. Yeah. So we, yeah. So. We, when the the amphibious class deploy, they would take the land cra- landing craft in the back of the back of the ship. Open it up. It yeah. it, it to sails land. Out. Yes, yeah. So if you need to land marines somewhere, then yeah. then they go on the landing craft and back opens. So they have sprinklers in the well dock. The well dock is a and the vehicle deck because it's a massive area. So if there's a fire or flood, a fire in there, you know, you need yeah a big amount of water <laughs> to put out. Because yeah. it's normally full, full of all the Royal Marines equipment as well, you know, all the, the jeeps, the their make, their yeah. makeup, yeah, the makeup and their uh, what they deploy with, yeah, so all, all their all their gear, <laughs> all their vehicles. So it's ra- absolutely random. How they get how they get it all in there is a mystery. <laughs> well, they, they either they ditch all the ammo and they fill it with lipstick, <laughs> and uh, and uh, they fill it with uh, Zumba DVDs and stuff. I, well, well, some 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 of them probably would. I'm joking, um, Marines. I'm joking. I'm only joking. I love you. I love you. Um, Sutherland. So when is, when was Sutherland commissioned then? I still I uh, don't know about ships. Was like, it commissioned? I'm really ignorant with it. It must have been. Is it old one or is it a new one? It's old. It's, one. No, it's twenty. It's about twenty two years old. Right. I that's, that's, that's not too bad, is it? About about that. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think it could be it could be a few years out. Um, so it would have been what mid nineties, I would have thought. Um, that's, not, that's not too old at all. What's the oldest ship in existence uh, in in use at the minute? Do we know? HMS Argyle is pretty pretty old, which is another is a Type Twenty Three. Um, What's the Type Twenty Three destroyer? No frigate. So that's uh, okay. I think that's yeah another anti-submarine warfare frigate. Um, so, so the the terms are using right. So Type Twenty Three just denotes that the the the, the the build of the ship. Yes, yeah. So a frigate just denotes the build of the ship. It doesn't necessarily denote the use of the ship. No. So frigates can, can be used for, like you said, an anti anti submarine or a whole host of different things. Yeah, above above air, yeah, air warfare, mm-hmm. um, anti submarine. But I think predominantly the, the makeup is anti submarine um, for the frigates. Okay. Um, then you've got the Type Forty Fives, which are newer ones, and they were, um, I believe, you know, designed for for air defence. So that's why now you've got like, um, the Queen Elizabeth class, which is the, the newest ones you've seen across the news, and that the big, mm-hmm. the big, big thing. So um, they, whenever, when they sail, they have to sail with a Type 45 for air defence, and they have to sail with a submarine for basically you know, below surface defence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they have to sail with Type 23 as well. So every time the QE sails and Prince of Wales in the future, they have to sail with a 45 um, for air defence, a 23 for submarine defence and a, a submarine as well and they can just cut about like that as like a small unit yes yes it's like a small task force what kind of what, what kind of tasks is that on at the minute QE is that in the, Q- the Russians and that no QE is just um, when the, when the ship, ships they just so, go on sorry I interrupted you then uh, they just got alongside in Florida 
so literally QE have just got to Florida yesterday I believe ah. um, and because they're doing all the um, um, tests with the, the aircraft and they need a new aircraft um, so still sort of in the commissioning phase or yeah it's, it's a it's in but the fleet yeah, commission so, yeah. but I mean it's like going through the, the testing yes and, yeah. uh, okay did I see or was I, am I wrong on this did I see we, we escorted a, some Russian um, yeah ships through the channel yeah, I think that's a, a daily or weekly occurrence. Is it? Yeah, it's pretty much. Um, I said the last ship I was on Sutherland. That's that's what we before we left before I left that ship. That's what we did. Um, and say so it happens quite regularly. Um, but they're going through the international waters, right? Yes, because it's a na- yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. How wide is it? Do you know how the wide international waters there? I did ask Simon. He didn't know either. Yeah. No idea. It can't, it can't be much, can it? We'll speculate. Tw- 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 yeah. So twelve 15. miles is. Out twelve miles from from land out to twelve miles is territorial. Yeah. So it's probably how, how wide is it between Dover and France? Calais. Is it fourteen? It's not far at all, is it? Yeah. That corner was tiny. Yeah. Proper risky. Yeah. I mean <laughs> yeah. But there's a a lot of stuff goes on with the subs, isn't there? Between different nations and doesn't get quite make the papers, I, I think. I don't know. They tell some stories. I think a lot of that's speculation as well, because yeah, yeah so, but let's believe it. Oh yeah, well we we know we know the Russians are up to no good. We knew that for for many years, don't we? So I yeah. uh, who's who's up to no good though? Are they? I do you know? What? I'm thinking more and more of this lately. Are they up to no good, or are we up to no good? Or because think about this, right? Think about this. Just look at this perspective. So they are all wrong, right? Russians bad, bad people, right? Chinese bad bad people right oh well yeah, I mean individuals but you know that this, it's not the great it, it's threat to the west mm-hmm. yeah in some way shape or form same as Russia but they're getting told exactly the same thing yeah they're getting told exactly the same thing so who who's right who's wrong I'm, and Putin's lying to everyone all is and all the Russians and they don't know any better so well they think we're bad the Chinese think we're bad it's like so are we the good guys or not? <laughs> I'm not asking you. This is a rhetorical question. I'm saying from that perspective, it's like religion. Uh, my God's the best <laughs> because uh, was because my God is the one that exists and no one else's does. Because, uh, but that's I only think like if I was religious, I'd only think that because I was born in England. Well, I wasn't. I was born in Wales. Born in Wales, right? And I was brought, uh, my parents are Roman Catholic, so that's why I think uh, my God's the best. But you go to. Um, Saudi Arabia, I'm I'm Mr. Abdul Malik. My God's the best. My God's the best because Allah is better than all you got, all yours. But I only think that because I was born in Saudi Arabia. Who's right? Them, them or us? Perspective, Mike. Uh, not Mike, Gavin. <laughs> Perspective. The Russians, the Russians are bad, though. I'll agree on that. Good people. I've never been. Have you been to Russia? I've not been to Russia. My um, someone I work with been been recently. And that's quite well. I say quite funny. He's one officer. I won't mention any names. We went to um um a general threat brief. Um, so you go to your general threat brief to get in date for your competency to say you've had had the brief. You're aware of all the threats and you know stuff like that. So we start doing this um big theatre, and um he goes he's just basically waiting for the thing to start, and he said um. Oh yeah, at the weekend, and I decided to book a trip trip to Russia with with a couple of friends. Um, you know, we had a few drinks and out three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, fuck, fuck it, we'll book it. Booked it to Russia. I said, you do realise you got to inform someone you're going to Russia, don't you? I said, no, you haven't. Of course you haven't. I said, when was this? This was like last year. <laughs> he goes, no, you haven't. I said, John, John, I start, you know, I mentioned him now, and I. Um, <laughs> 
anyway oh it get me for that anyway he goes no nah, you haven't surely not so uh, i said well look into it i think we have i think you have so we start learning and done this general threat briefing and this bloke's saying oh these are the threats around the country now i said and as your armed forces and civil servants etc if you go to any of these countries you have to inform someone get a brief and get debriefed on the way back because you are a target kind of thing and up comes russia and the tender said i told you <laughs> and you're the one officer and i'm the chief <laughs> So even, like, it's even Northern Ireland, mate. I'm sure yeah. even now Northern Ireland still. It was it was ten years ago. I know that, but I'm sure even now you got to notify when you go to Northern, and they'll say uh, you can go to these bars, you can't go to these bars, yeah. don't go to these areas, all the rest of it. I might be wrong, but I'm 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 probably wrong in that. No, regard, I think I think it is. Know. I think I think it is. Still, yeah. still on a, Definitely um, used to be. I'm trying to think which other. Well, there's a few other countries that were. Well, I I suggest Ukraine that, right? and stuff like that. I, mm, yeah, Ukraine, Russia, Argentina. Um, well, I wonder if they're not over China. <laughs> if you can get, if you can get in there. Yeah, there's a there's. I was I do you know what? I can't remember his name. Someone's just someone's spent a, a year or a, two, a couple of years in there, haven't they? As a journalist, and come out and wrote a book about it. North Korea yeah like a no holds oh. barred this is the score apparently it's really good but I, I don't even mention it because I can't remember his name or the name of the book he's probably hiding somewhere now I know yeah I know I have to, I have to google it um, but uh, I went to I haven't been to Russia but I went to Latvia once which is sort of 40% Russian mm. population apparently I don't know why uh, half of them spoke Russian half of them spoke well no, not Latvia. Latvia's not a language, is it? <laughs> don't know. I don't get. Then did geography at school? No, I don't get it. Yeah. No, I don't get it. Um, Sutherland. Before Sutherland, where were you? Before Sutherland, I was. I spent six months at a, a, a waterfront, um, which, which is like logistic support. So you kind of do the in- inspections on the ships. So each ship, each will have an inspection to make sure they're complying with policy and that. So I only spent six months there because I was um, going to do something else. Um, but then that didn't didn't happen. I then got selected for chief, so they then stuck me on Sutherland. So so I backtrack. So before Sutherland, six months at an office, and before that, I was three years on HMS Bulwark, which was um, the amphibious ship with the Royal Marines and, and did and a lot of work with them then. Yeah, 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 and you know, good bunch and that. And so you got yeah, you know, it was about four hundred, about four hundred people on board. When you, when you How many Marines were there? About sixty to seventy. Oh, really? So yeah. like, almost like a company strength, all, 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 almost. Yeah. Do you? How, do you guys get on uh, Navy with the Marines? Oh, well, you know, they are what? Navy, but they're like a, a a different arm, aren't they? Yeah, you you get on and, and majority get on. You know, um, obviously they they think they're a lot better than us, and they probably like, they've done more training. You know, they're trying to do a lot of different things than what we are. But I got on with them mainly, and they got well. So I got on well, well with them. They got on well with me because. I was there to feed them, you know. I was, I was, a, <laughs> I was a PO caterer, yeah. you know. So they had to come and see me. They, you know, they they like their, like their scran, don't they? Not their yeah. food. So they're never going to piss the, the chefs no. or the caterers off because no. you know that's where you hurt them. Chefs, chefs, and medics don't piss them off. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, and the clock, yeah, writers, clocks, whatever you want, you know, because yeah, yeah, they yeah. do the pay. So, um, oh, I was going to ask you a question. Now. I can't remember what it was. To do with the Marines, it was to do with the Marines. It was to do. Do you ever? Did you get many um, Navy like uh, uh, normal Navy personnel 
go across to the Marines. Yeah, yeah. Well, how, how, how does that process work? Because it's you've obviously had a completely different training. Yeah, so you got to um, apply for manning clearance. So you um, apply for manning clearance. Manning clearance. So yeah, manpower clearance. So it all depends on what trade you are, branch you are, um, and how the numbers are stacked in your, let's say, in your branch kind of thing. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're if you're on demand and say as a chef and you want to go somewhere else then it's not going to happen if you're kind of like well manned um, then yeah you can probably get clearance and you, you then do your um, is it pre-selection now okay. there, was, there was no pre-selection I, I kind of joined but now before you join another service before you join the service you get a, a pre-test don't you yeah um, and if you're medical and stuff like that so as long as you pass all that then you'll get a date to go and start your training um that's pretty simple, yeah, isn't it? But then the same, you're getting Marines now joining the Navy. Um, really? In in the chef world, because there's no such thing as a Royal Marine chef anymore. Um, Go on. Because, you, well, from what I understand, a Royal Marine chef, no one joined as a Royal Marine chef. It was kind of, you join as a Royal Marine first, and then at the end of your training, you get told, right, you're going to be a chef, you're going to be a you know, mortar, or your sniper, or stuff like that. And it always got deemed that if you were going to be a chef, it's because you weren't very good, which sometimes might have been the case. But then you know, um, but now because they got rid of all the Royal Marine, got rid of all the Royal Marine chefs, it stops saying to Marines, "Right, you're going to be a chef." The Navy taking over all the mm-hmm. the billets positions. So um, billets positions, you mean in the bar- the barracks, the like jobs and stuff? Yeah. So okay. so what used to be a Royal Marine chef, say on the field, you know, field kitchen stuff, that's now a Royal Navy chef doing it. So the ones that were legacy Royal Marine chefs, there's no such thing anymore. They're like, well, I might as well transfer over to the Navy and, and go for the ranks that way. So there's been a few few do that and you know, do really well. Mm. Um, yeah, um, and not many people are aware of that with, with the Marines. Is that, um, it used to be the same for Power Reg. It used to be the same for a lot of, lot of the army units as well. <clears throat> In that um, everyone, so all of your clerks and your chefs and your logistics and your not logistics your medics and all the rest of it they were all from of the same cap badge so you're a parachute regiment clerk you're a parachute regiment uh chef you know all of that um and and that's still very much the same with the marines apart from the chefs unless something else has changed beforehand but um obviously now that's it's different um you have with the army flipping neck adjutant's general corps you got the regimental administration something there's a million different regiments to sort out all that background stuff i think it's better having like that. i think it's better because you can folk it allows the unit to fo- the, the the management of the unit to focus on the teeth arm stuff mm-hmm. you know the the the, the, the sharp fighting, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it must be, it must free up a lot of resources for them at the time focus their efforts better i don't know maybe wrong i don't know maybe wrong how what how but aren't those aren't those chefs though, part of the, who, who were part of the Marines? Do they not have to take part in a lot of the same? Tri- do they not have to keep up the skills though, the fighting skills up, or are they just their pure chefs forever? If they join the Navy, no, or, with the Marines, no. So they they still do the the, the fighting skills and, and and stuff like that. So they, yeah, they, they do their was it thirty two weeks training? Is it? I'm not I sure. I think the all means thirty two weeks. Okay, which is a. Uh, the fighting skills and that yeah. stuff and then they do their kind of like phase two trade training yeah. afterwards so, so the still... trade training of the chefs yes yeah got ya so they're, they're from what I understand they're a Royal Marine first and then chef 
Yeah, I'm, yeah. Think about it. It's exactly the same with the army is now. Except the difference is when they you do your phase one and everyone does phase one trains as a soldier. Everyone you go on your phase two and you train as a chef, for example. Mm-hmm. The difference is the army and and the marines until recently would be like in the army you'd go off then to your cat badge, your yeah. unit, your your, your um, catering corps, mm-hmm. and with the marines you'd stay in the marines. We got off to your your yeah. chef unit, whatever whatever that subdivision's called, subunit's called. I don't know. Still staying on the subject of chefs and say Royal Marines joining the Navy. We've got we've got Gurkhas from the Army. This I've transferred across. Transferred across to the Navy as well. I never know. I I don't think I've ever known anyone transferred from the Army to the Navy. I know people that are I'm the RAF, but it's quite rare. Well, I think that's more to do because that's power edge and infantry. Let's say mm-hmm. it's just it's I think it's much rarer for sort of the infantry to transfer into something that's not yeah. a, a teeth arm. I, I, yeah, I knew an officer once at the RAF was um. He's an army officer, and he went to the RAF as a pilot. A trained up, and then because he didn't, when you when you do your pilot training, you go through, and then you get, depending on your ability, I think, and a number of other factors, you get either fixed wing, or rotary, so helicopters or yeah planes, planes. and he got um he wanted. I think he got fixed wing, but he wanted rotary or one or the other. He got the wrong one. He went, no, I'm putting the pin on this. And he came back. The RAF, life of flipping Riley. Pilot, pilot, right? Just not the kind of pilot you wanted to be. So he came back the three pilot. <laughs> <laughs> You're mad. You're mad. Yeah. He's um he's out now. He's work, He works at Bartley's as a banker. As a banker. Yeah. Yeah. So when you um when you got in, you did you go straight onto a ship? Yes, yeah, so, well, 2003, I joined up. Did you? Sorry, did you know what you wanted to do when you got into the Navy, or did you just want to know you wanted to join the Navy? No, so it kind of stumbled into it as such. I, I say, at school, went to sixth form for a year, started working full-time, full-time as a chef at the age of 16, doing split shifts and, you know, um, a nice seaside restaurant. Um, quite a small town I grew up in and that, not a lot going on, um, and basically mum said, oh, you know, about joining join the Navy. For 16 years of living in, in Biddyford, North Devon, 60 miles away from a naval base, I was completely oblivious to the Navy. You know, mm. apart from the things you see on the news and that, completely oblivious. So you get like the, the brochure, you know, the leaflet or info, you know, info pack. Um, went to a careers office. Um, so three, oh three, yeah. You had the right organ on, though. With a lot yeah, of so yeah, I did see a lot. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I've seen a lot of that on the, on the news and and before you know, in, in between shifts and stuff and that. So I've seen a lot of that, um, but didn't. Kind of, yeah, it yeah, wasn't fully yeah. aware that the naval base was in in Plymouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are going to be lost stick for that, but so um, kind of I inquired about it and and spoke to the careers office. So well, I'm a chef anyway. Went to college and qualified as a chef and stuff. Um, so well, join up as a chef and well, see the world. Well, I can't do that. And literally within, I think it was within three or four months of that first kind of like chat at the careers office. So I was a HMS rally, you know, undergoing basic training rally is a was a is a in tour point which is cornwall because yeah. and i'll pick up si was on a few weeks back he said it's in plymouth and i don't think they're like that so tour point <laughs> cornwall it's right on the board it's, you know, right yeah. on the border um so it's a training establishment so uh, for, okay. for, for, for oh he said it didn't he it's uh, because hms stands for her majesty's ship sh- oh, no, oh, sorry oh, uh, go again or shore establishment yes yep. go on so yeah, joined joined that <laughs> Mayo three, um, eight weeks basic training, um, passed that, and then straight into your phase two, which the phase two training was still at Rally. It was just an, an, oh, a good. different part of yeah. you know, so I didn't have to go go far. 
Um, but because I was already qualified as a chef, they said, well, there's no point you, because you get the MVQ. Mm-hmm. Oh, you had the MVQ. So mm-hmm. well, we'll, we'll put you for the fast track. Just go and do the exams. Doing a bit of catering stuff. We'll send you on your sea safety courses and stuff and that, and we'll get you straight out into the fleet. Didn't happen that way, because... Every year there's a, a, a we used to call salon culinary, it's now called um, combined services, inter-service cooking competition. So you know like all the old really steady cook and, and stuff you see on TV. And it's not it, quite that theatrical though, is it? Oh yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> of course it's between, between, the Navy, between the Navy, Army and RAF, so you're all competing against each other. <laughs> so I said, um, we'll, keep, we'll keep you back for that. You know, was, and I think it was about October time. So uh, it was like before some weeks, so it was like July time yeah. and I was already finished all my training I thought so I've got to stick around here now until October do some some competition stuff so I did um, didn't say do the best at the competition but you know took part and then and then he put me over to Devonport which is the naval base so HMNB Her Majesty's Naval Base Devonport why is it not a shore establishment? because it's a naval base where the ships now so that's why it's HMNB ah I'm an idiot. Right, go on, yeah. It's still Sorry. Her Majesty's. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, HMS and shore establishment is inland. It's, no, it's not on the coast. Or, is, well, or it has nothing to do, it has no port, it has no like port or anything. No, no, there's no yeah. port, no. Okay, HMNB does. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, went over to there. Um, so left, obviously, the training, went over and, and basically a holdover period. So um, basically waiting for your first ship. My first ship was... Um, HMS Chatham, Type 22, I was going to join, but it was currently in refit, so it was getting all, you know, all new fit, new stuff fitted and that, and um, in dry dock. So I was waiting around and that, and then it came across that they needed a chef to fly out to Dubai to join HMS Scott, which is like um, it's a survey vessel, so it's still in still in operation now, um, and it's like a you know, small, aren't they? Those small things, the cool. survey vessels. Mm, yeah, they've only got about fifty ships company on board. So fifty personnel mm-hmm. on board when they sail, but like ensuite cabins and single mm-hmm. man cabins and that. So it's it's like a cruise liner compared to some stuff. So they, you know, I was on holdover and they said, "Oh, you know, you're a qualified chef and now you're a bit experienced. How do you fancy flying out to Dubai for you know, to go go on a ship for six months?" I'm like, "Okay, I'll do that." So I flew out to Dubai. Dubai. You know, I got picked up at the airport, um, straight on the ship. And I was like, oh, this is the Navy. Look at this, single-man cabins. <laughs> cooking for 50 people, you know, peeling peeling spuds on the upper deck, you know, at sea, <laughs> in the sun. I was like, oh, this is good, this. And we, um, from Dubai, went to Salala, and then we, we crossed the equator, went down to Cape Town, South Africa. And um, I flew back from Cape Town, South Africa, to join the ship I was oh, no. assigned to join. But the best thing about that is I was, I was 19 years old, and they, they do like a... a a crew rotation so it's 50 people on board and then they kind of like send 30 of them back and 30 more fly out and, and join because mm-hmm. the, the ship's predominantly away for anything from 12 months to two years doing its survey stuff so they go oh as you'll join your next ship like as soon as you get back we're going to fly about business class why is that because i basically had to turn to the next as soon as i got back i was on the transport straight to join my new ship and uh, the rest of them are going on like so you were going to leave yeah so the rest of them are going on leaving that so and that was them saying yeah here we go so 19 years old I'm at, I'm at Cape Town um, well so the airport in South Africa and um, obviously we're with a lot of other shipmates and um, all flying back as well and they're like why, why are you not in the business class lounge I'm like, 
done, you know, never done this before kind of thing. And obviously you're all out here. And they said, well, basically, sure on the other foot, were we in there? So in this business class lounge and, and, and you know, we sell the beers and that and yeah, yeah. everything you can think of. Board the flight and um, you see all your mates going, you know, turn right, as they say, in, in the economy class, ready for like a nine-hour flight, whatever it was. And there's me going down to the business class and now you've you got your own bed kind of thing, you <laughs> glass of champagne when you get on there and that yeah. and you're like, oh my god this is this is a navy like it turns out to fly me back it was like three and a half grand or something just to fly me back in business class but then obviously reality hit home because i got back to england straight down to um devonport the ship had just come out of the sheds so it's like like a building site you know scaffolding everywhere and all that oh no join it and it's like stuff everywhere and you get on there and you're like 19 years old like rabbit in headlights lots of people we don't know and all that and right um right you mess decks down there which is below the water line so you could go down a few decks and that and then down again and you're in a mess with 32 other people a 32 man mess oh, it's not on the suite yeah, yeah you yeah, gotta walk yeah. up a ladder and, and you, me- you when you say mess you are meaning where you'd sleep yes and 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 relax so you, you know you, you mess square with your, like, your tv and you see yes you mess to the mess to the army is not that it's, it, no it's not that so it's uh oh not to the infantry anyway no not to the army flat out mess is um mess is where you, it is where you go and relax but it's where the bar is where you go and relax but it's not where you sleep you sleep's your your accommodation it's, it's completely separate so when you said mess you're thinking, i i got so, got you now yeah. so when you say mess it's where you it's your quarters yeah right yeah. got you got you Sorry, yeah, 32 man mess and, that, and everyone's yeah. like no one knows what's going on because apparently we're going to sail tomorrow so everyone's going to get sailed tomorrow and then the, 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 the base control which you do where you turn all the power on and turn the you know the machinery and that and oh no we're not sailing tomorrow oh, we're going to sail the next day oh no we're not sailing the next day and it's, it was like that for quite a while and eventually when you, you know when the ship comes out of refit there's so much work to do because you, you're starting afresh so you're doing your, your all your inspections and stuff, making sure you're you're safe to go to sea and uh, stuff like that. So it was it was very it was a big eye opener. So that was two thousand four. That would have been. Mm. Who does you who, on the on the ships when you do the fit out or when they when they're repairing them or whatever big big work or the servicing mm. and that? Who does that work? Is it civvies or is it like a uh, a branch of the navy? So or the combination. It, it, it's a bit a mixture of both. So. um when you're into refits, predominantly civvies. So it's, when you say refit, describe to me what you mean by refit. Refit is when a ship needs to go in for an extended period of maintenance. Okay. So it will go into a dry dock and then we get stripped back, um, x-rayed and, you know... Well, they peel all the sides off and that. Yeah, so they x-ray the ship and they find out where all the... All the um, where it's basically where it's rotting, basically. Ah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a metal ship. It's, it's in seawater, yeah. isn't it? So they find out where all the weak spots are and they take a panel out and weld a new panel in and... and like that so refit is where they will you know i think it's between six months six oh. to eight months is in in a dry dock for um to get properly kitted out again ready to go back into service because yeah. then it's predominantly i think it's back in service for about another four or five maybe six years before it goes into refit again mm-hmm. um so predominantly it's, it's civvies for that um i think it's babcock at the minute which got a okay. kind of maintenance contract um for the whole of the navy I think so, yeah. I, I think they get other contractors in because of, you need, you know. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's the way of the world. And then, um, but then you've got your ship's maintenance period, which is done alongside. That's done by your ship staff, really. So, yeah. 
your engine is and that's you if that's it, when you're on board though yeah isn't it? It is yeah. yeah yeah when you refit everyone everyone moves off into into you know, shore shore accommodation but do you not go off to other ships then on that time or do you normally, just hang slack and wait no normally refit normally the whole ship's company will will go elsewhere normally. and then a new company will come a new ship a new company for the ship will come in yes yeah ah. normally yeah do you have any when that happens do you have any handover like no so and i think this i think it might have changed now um because i i brought my last ship out of refit right um and a lesson identified was someone who takes it into refit should stay to bring it out of refit because the people that take it in will say yeah this work needs doing this work needs doing this work needs doing and then it probably won't get done because it's been handed over to someone else who's yeah. not aware of it and it doesn't you know things get missed we'd have to be someone from each department though wouldn't it yes it would yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you're, you're learning navy <laughs> yeah <laughs> might join back up yeah i join back up i'm too old now how old no. do you have to be the joint yes i am no you're not no. i'll tell you no compliment. not navy no no i'm actually yeah, 55 yeah. years old well <laughs> but i think how old do you have to be how young how, how, how old can you be i think it's a bit it's open across the board i've i'm pretty i know there's for definite there's people rejoining and they're in the mid 40s what about fresh starters That's, it's a bit different as rejoiners but then is it because then it's down to the equal opportunities isn't it what How's well surely if, if you're allowing someone to rejoin at 45 they've still got to still do their sea safety yeah and, but they've got the, the knowledge and experience haven't they yeah but then but then but then they're allowing direct entries now aren't they as well direct entries as in you so short of engineers at the minute um, right. like mechanical engineers yeah. so they will go out to industry and they will direct entry someone from um, the civilian world straight in at a senior rate level so they won't, they won't have to start at the bottom of the oh. so like a you know like professional yeah. Like a, yeah so I think well I think if you're 40 you can definitely still join up brand new yeah flipping heck I reckon so that's awesome I, I can't say if I'm wrong I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure and I know there's there's people well done for you I got three years to get down to Dubai and start peeling them spuds yeah, yeah. on the upper deck oh, I can tell you what <laughs> what was South Africa oh. like did you have really, much time ashore did you yeah, run but, ashore yes you... yeah yeah really good it, you know it's such a nice we say it's such a nice nice you know South Africa nice country and, and Cape Town's really nice you know, I've never been I've never been it is really lovely but there's still that divide in there. there's still the, the, the shanty town side of things where you know we've got the rich and the poor divide so that was a bit of an eye opener mm. um but you see it across the world where you go you know there's always a rich area and there's always a poor area and yeah it's just more prominent yeah. where you go isn't it yeah I, yeah I've never been I've got lots of South African friends I serve with but I'd like to go there was a, there was a couple of rugby tours on when I was in I know there was one rugby tour that went with from three power um, but I just missed the boat on that one and then there was uh, they did some um, I think in South Africa is where they went and trialled the, the new parachute that came in just as I joined, uh, which was it, it drops faster than what the previous one did in more control. Although they don't have any control anyway, it's a flipping nightmare. Who signs up for that job? Oh, you're going to test parachutes? No, well, no, they've done they've done like preliminary testing before, so they probably chucked out with dummies on that. Right, okay. But no, you're right. Yeah, anyway, yeah, it's not. Um, that was probably easy to test it. But then it's it, thing is, you stuffed anyway if you're on those shoots because the. I don't know if you know about military parachuting, but um, so basic military parachuting, it's not uh, like free fall. You don't land on your feet. You you get in the plane. You it's a big old shoot, right? So it's not like one of these little sports canopies you get. The big old shoot. I mean, we call it a, we call it a round. 
It's, it's literally it's mm. round. Um, you can't steer it, right? You can. You it's got lines on it. You can drift yourself. So if the wind's blowing you, say right to left, you can tug down on one of the lines and it'll slow that drift down, right? right? And if you're dropping down, you can you can. It, it's like really slightly steerable. It's just terrible. Um, but it's pointless because you drop so quick anyway. And you drop to something like uh, I think it's twenty feet a second. When you got when you got kit on, it's twenty feet a second. I think you drop out. But again, if you were to try and like hit the deck and stand out, you know, it's, it's not, <laughs> you, not you know, you, yeah, yeah, your shins will go through your, you know, your three and knees, and you, you know, you won't be walking ever again. So you hit, you hit the ground, you just roll. It's horrendous, mate. The the they were the figures they work on is if that um, if a a paratrooper unit was to drop into uh, behind enemy lines in, in a wartime scenario that by the time they, this is the fi- this is the figures that a commanders will work on at the time they everyone hit the deck 30% of the units wiped out already from either injury from the landings or being killed in the air yeah. it's just like fact it's because you drop you just rapid we you can jump from 250 feet 250 feet it's nothing it's nothing it's mental. As you jump out, you release your kit off your knees on the yeah. floor and then you hit the deck. Like that, that fast. You rapid rate of knots. I jumped into, oh, it's either Arnhem or Normandy for one of the anniversaries, I can't which one, and I landed in a gorse bush. I couldn't steer out of it. A gorse bush. It's the worst, <laughs> the worst thing in my life. I was itching for days. I was itching for days. It's all prickles all over me. Yeah, it's, it's not nice. Like, how did we go into that? How did we go from the Navy to Army? Uh, Cape Town. Oh, that natural, that natural progression. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Cape Town. Um, you been anywhere else in Africa? No. Where were? Oh, so you, man, you must have sailed all over the place. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. It's probably best to do it by, by deployment. I thought. So. Go on. Talk me through all the alley places you've been. That I haven't. Yeah. So. I sort of promote free. So. What's the best place you've been to? Best place. Um, I love Montevideo, in Uruguay. I yeah, I've heard that. Is it not cold down there though? Yeah, it was actually cold when I was there, actually. But it was, I don't know, it, it really enjoyed it. Really what enjoyed was nice it. about it? I thought we just checked into a hotel and got absolutely... Get pissed <laughs> up. Yeah, massively. Is it up, good on the lash? Ended up getting tattoos and stuff. and Oh, yeah, good on the lash. He's a good tattooist, sir. <laughs> Apparently, he was almost going bankrupt. He hasn't <laughs> gone out of business until the Navy turned up. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. So he got, he got, you know, I think the amount of business he got from that trip I think he, he retired for this was yeah. he Uruguayan yeah yeah didn't speak much English what's it like as a, as a city Montevideo is it out, um, like is it it's not is it because I've well, been to Buenos Aires up further up north and that's that's like it's sort of it's it's like a plastic first world it's, it's cause, but that was in late 90s yeah. you know they got their own dramas especially at the minute I think I, I, think I said like Montevideo because I was there with a really good friend and also who who's now also my wife as well. That's when we kind of like because she's ex navy. Oh, amazing! So, so it was on that kind of trip how I got to know her. Um, so it was kind of it was um, APT South. It was so Atlantic Patrol, to, you know, South Atlantic. So we did like the um, the Falklands um, Patrol, um, and then we did South American way back. So we went through the Panama Canal. You know, did Montevideo, which really good. Then went to um, Valparaiso in Chile. Did you go, go round South America? Did you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So like clockwise. I came back down to the canal. Because if you go into the Panama Canal, you must have gone between North and oh, South. Yeah, pa- yeah, sorry, yeah, Panama was like towards the end of it, so before we went to Boston. Is that right? Okay. Oh, my geography is crap. Well, I don't, yeah, my, so is mine, because I've been across the world. I'm like, so, which, uh, did you go to the Pacific then? Yes. So, you, you, 
So you must have got Montevideo up east side of South America. Yeah. Panama Canal crossing east to west. Mm-hmm. And then Boston is in the west, isn't it? West coast. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it is now. Google. <laughs> yeah. And, and in the Pacific. And then which way did you come back to the UK? If you did come back to the UK. Just right, right across. West. Yes. Towards yeah. Japan and all that. I'm just trying to think. We went right. Well, we steamed. Where did you go after Boston? After Boston, home. We we stopped off to get families in. Mate, that is the scenic route. If you did, that's the scenic yeah, route. We, went, we did after Boston. We came straight home. Oh, we stopped off at um. Where did we pick the families up from? It wasn't Bordeaux. Deportivo. Picked the families at sea. So my old my old man and was in Deportivo waiting to come on board for families where's, at sea. Where's Deportivo? Spain. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm I, okay. Um, pick the families and then back across. So yeah, um, I got again the map. I look at the map after this. I've not got a clue. But we know that you went to Uruguay, Mont- Mont- Montevideo, right? <laughs> Panama Canal, Boston, Chile, Mexico. Bos- but we know Boston's in the states. Yes. We was, okay. And that was the last stop we had before we we came back. How long were you in Montevideo for? It must have been about a week. It was a good, a good bit, bit of a standoff. Um, but then we had about four days in Chile, and we had. So when did, uh, so you and your now wife? Yes, yeah. That's where you met. You met on the ship. Yep. So she, I was already on the ship. She flew out to the Falklands, um, which was half, yeah, not halfway through the trip, um, and that's how we met. Yeah. What, what was she off to do in the Falklands? The ship. So no, she. You said she flew to. The yeah, Falklands. so she flew to the Falklands to meet the ship. Ah, sorry. So, yeah, so you had, you, on deployment or or whatever, you you get new joiners, so people go go on draft assignment mm-hmm. and then obviously you get the person comes out to take their place so she was a new joiner um, on, on on the ship how long has she, has she been in longer than you no no so is she still in now no she left in 2010 oh. your kids yep two 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 recent ones three year old and a one year old oh mate oh, four, no four and two this month actually oh that's difficult ages yeah well, they're all different ages all the way up, aren't they, actually? Well, yeah, but you say I... And great ages. <laughs> it's kind of... It's not <laughs> trying to sound too... too it's not smug, but it's like... She has to bear the, the brunt of it, doesn't she? You know, I'm, I come and go, and, you know, you get them into a routine and stuff and that, and then you're back and you mess up their routine and you go again. I, the job I'm in now is, is brilliant because I'm home more more regularly than what I would be if I was, you know, on a ship or, you know, at sea. So yeah. I can't... I can't knock that. But, um, yeah. Did she work? Yep, so she, yeah. I yeah. mean, she graft properly grafting. Yeah. You bastard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, yeah, don't. <laughs> because she'll, she'll listen to this and she'll go, oh, I told you. <laughs> Probably online now, watching yeah, it. Yeah, I told yeah, you. Yeah. Mate, I don't, I, that's, yeah, mate, women, women are beasts, aren't they? I mean, I'm beasts in a positive way. Flipping, you know, uh, you get a, um, there's, you think of some circumstances, it'll be hard on the tangent now, some circumstances and you get, like, They'll just do a million different things. I could manage one of them. I reckon if I was looking after the two kids full time, like, all, and that's all I did, I would go around the bend. And I love my kids. Yeah. I would go around the bend, mate. And then chucking a job in as well, you know. Fizz, even from a young, I say, the, the four and two this month, even from that age, they know how to wind you up. They, <laughs> you know, the oldest one, <laughs> you know, she'll do yeah. something and like, Hayley and the missus will go, she's just doing it to wind you up. Yeah. And you just know, you think, how from that age can you yeah. be that clever, yeah. intelligent? You know? My youngest used to do this, right? He used to go, there used to be someone on the table that she wasn't allowed to touch. 
And uh, she used to, uh, <laughs> she'd go for it. And she'd have a hand on the table, like sneaking her hand, sliding it across the table too or something. And you go, Megan, don't touch that. I take your hand off the table, please. I can't remember where she was. She's old enough to understand what I'm saying. Down off the table, please. And she'd, she'd have a hand there leaving the table. You see, Megan, take your hand off the table. And she'd, as slow as you could possibly perceive, slide the hand away, right? And then she'd take her fingers off and she'd leave one <laughs> finger on the <laughs> table. And you'd go, you wanted to go nuts, like tell him off. And at the same time, you're thinking, Stay oh, calm, man. You like shake a high fiver. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, they, they, even from that age, they, they egg each other on to do stuff as well, you know. You know, both both daughters and that, so I must be yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're making each other want to do stuff and that, and you know, but sometimes you can't help. You want you want to tell them no, don't do it, but you're just pissing yourself laughing. And you got to leave the room because you're just like, yeah. You wait till they start scrapping. They are. Oh, yeah, girls yeah, yeah. are vicious. Yeah, they are vicious. Yeah. They're scratching and hair pulling. They don't care. Yeah. They 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 are. Well, hope, hopefully <laughs> the missus won't won't forgive. Yeah, will forgive me for saying this. That we as um. It was only about last week, I think it was, and Esme, the oldest one, she must have been to hide and seek. She yeah. was like, to the youngest one, you're like, you hide, our, you know, our seek, I can't. So the little one trots off with, with the mum and um, hides behind the bedroom door. So the oldest one goes looking for her and that, and then the youngest one jumped up from beyond the, hide, beyond the door to go, boo. Oh no, the oldest one didn't like that. The oldest oh, one wanted no. to find her. So without <laughs> even saying anything, just proper face, <laughs> hand right in the face. And it was like, no, yeah, it's just like wow, good, what? good reactions though. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, it was immediate. yeah, yeah, it's good. You know that? <laughs> Luckily, yeah, the youngest one wasn't hurt now. But it's like, oh my god, <laughs> it's gonna get how you know, it get worse. But yeah, so it's all good. What's um, what's in the army? Um, you can do well if you're yeah, you can do up to twenty two years, and then we have a thing called Bang, which is volunteer, is it Bang? Volunteer engagement, I think it is. Um, where you can do an extra two years if it's offered to you, mm-hmm. up to 24. And then after that 24, or 22, the only option you got for being able to stay in is if you're commissioned, if you're offered a commission. Yeah. What's the score of the Navy? So the Navy it, it is different. Um, so yeah, you do 22 years. Um, so I'm, I've signed up for 22 years, but you know. You I'm signed like, up for 22? Well, yeah, you, it's kind of said you sign up for 22 years. You're... you're, you're length of contract is 22 years so if I get the 22 years and I've not been offered an extension then I will leave at 22 years it's not I, I, I think we our nah it doesn't work like that with so not, not everyone gets an extension no but I think I don't think we have a 22 year contract no no I, don't I, think, so. I think it's changed now with the new employment model which I okay. don't quite fully understand I think now it is it's, it's shorter contracts depending on how you progress through the promotion you know so you can't that's just, what I was always been I think four yeah, years quite, yeah quite possibly yeah, right. I think, and then you, and, si- you just you sign back what? you sign You if you don't sign off you stay in yeah kind of thing after four years but go on sign what I yeah, say what astounds me is why is it so different between the free services why can't everyone just be the same in a, as in like contract lengths and it's just yeah it started at different times yeah. different requirements yeah. I mean how long's the navy been going for when the navy established flipping neck it's two days older than grass isn't it proper yeah. ancient yeah. When was it established? Come on, know your history. But the actual Royal Navy. Yeah. Oh, it's probably 1700. 1700s easy, isn't it? It's got to be. Yeah. I don't so, know. I've got no idea. Because I, I, I know Noah's from 
leadership course and I did a presentation with um, Samuel Peeps. He was like the, the scribes and I don't know. He, what did he do? I'm going to bow myself now. But anyway, that was, I swear that was 1700s. Um, and used to, that's when it used to be a ship's tax, wasn't it? So, so um, bit like, so basically villages and households used to have to pay a ship's tax because the ships would defend the United England ah, against, that was the only threat, invasion. wasn't it? Yes. yes. So that didn't it was, know about the yeah, tax. Though. So it was funded by a ship's tax. I didn't know that at all. Did you? You go. This is Royal Navy related. Do you know why tanks are called tanks? As in battle tanks, they're called tanks. No. When they were invented, First World War, I think it was. When they were invented, and I think they invented. Well, when we when the British had them, I don't think they invented by the British. But when the British had them, and they were being built in the UK on the mainland, and we needed to get them across the channel to the European mainland to go off and fight. Um, they they were so big that they had to go on the, the deck, like on top. They couldn't mm-hmm. go anywhere else on, on, on a lot of the ships, right? I don't know what kind of ships they were. Um, but that would obviously get spotted quite easily and just get shot. Out. Yeah. The ships would get sunk because they had all the tanks on. So, although they weren't called tanks then, right? So what they would do is they would transport them in the merchant navy. They would put them in, which the merchant navy at the time was all it was doing transporting humanitarian stuff if you like, resort like, for example, water, mm-hmm. yeah, and other things. And they would transport water tanks, and they would put the tanks in boxes on the deck and label it up as a water tank. All oh, right, tank. I read that somewhere once, and I believe it to be true. Could it wasn't well Wikipedia. Be. I read it in a book. <laughs> yeah, tanks. That's why tanks are called tanks because they, oh, they, right. they 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 um they uh they mass them as water tanks on the ships. There you go. I did not know that. You know it now. Probably bullish it. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, you do you intend to stay in for the entire time? How long you got left? Oh, look at that! The look in your yeah. face and me thinking, my missus might be listening to this. Oh no, because it's one of the things. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it really it's a decent job I have got now, and I'm kind of at the stage of my career where I could go back to sea, or I might not go back to sea because you know there's a lot of people that in my kind of rank and that that need to get to sea before I do again. But it you know, all it all works out. Um, yeah, I think, and I do the 22 years because. You know, pension and stuff like that. Um, but then I like to probably start something else. I won't be too old to then start a second how, career. How old will you be when you get out? Uh, Forty. Oh mate, yeah. So flipping, you know, so, it's loads. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I thought I I thought about it a lot and um I about because you get asked advice and you probably asked people advice who are out and gone what do you think should I stay out get in you know da 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 mm. and when you're out people will ask you and I I I think I've. I can't remember historically what I've said, but now I'm of the opinion that stay in. I, I am. I'm of the opinion to stay in because I've not had it hard. I've not had it easy since I got out. It's, it's had its challenges, don't <coughs> be wrong. Yeah. It's certainly to be no plain sailing. But the one thing I've missed since leaving, and it wasn't becoming apparent, apparent to me until about four, four years after I'd been out. I, I, when I left, I went straight into the Middle East doing private security. So I was in very much in that city, which was a volatile environment in terms of contract-wise. It was fucking cutthroat. It was, you know, you, you weren't didn't know one day to the next if you're going to have a job or not, right? Um, 
but because I was in that uh, environment where I was surrounded by all ex ex army, or in fact, it was an ex navy lad there actually, ex submariner there actually, right? <laughs> Randomly, uh, um, but mostly ex army, and I knew most of them who I was working in their first contract. It sort you sort of just go here, yeah, just roll with it because mm. everyone else is rolling with it. yeah with the blokes. I mean, like again, um, that sort of macho, you know, you just get on with it. I'm not going to win you because everyone else is winning. But when I came back to uh, the UK and I landed my first decent civvy job in the UK. And it, it went pear shaped at a point where I didn't expect to go pear shaped out of the blue. And all of a sudden, I realised what I missed was job security. Hmm. And then, as time, you know, I thought, fucking hell, that is it. It's all I missed job security. Um, you don't realise what you haven't got until you've lost it. Yeah. Uh, and what you've got until you, what you had until you lost it. Um, and then, as you're saying there, you're young enough when you get out of 40 to be able to start a second career. A really good one. And you'll be older and more knowledgeable uh, about the world, and you'll be able to grab something by the balls and whether it's something you do yourself like as a a, a private ende- like an entrepreneurial yeah, start your yeah. company or go out with someone else you, you'll enjoy it more because you know what you want more and you give more give more focus on it but at the same uh, but at the same time if you're a little, a little bit older and get out of the 22 or commissioning the staying for a bit longer and you get out and say 50-55 well get out and get a part time job and live in your pension just and then never work again and make your career yeah, the only career yeah. you ever had. It's, yeah. it's, it, I think it works both ways, but I definitely say stay in because you've got a solid job that is full of variety. You can know it inside out, and you you've got plenty of time to plan in getting out what you want to do. Yeah, you know, which brings me around to something civilian, which uh, I would care after combat. So you know, I best of care after combat. Yep. How did that come about? So, first innings with the charity was 2014 when I was on HMS Sutherland. Mm-hmm. So, as part of just a coordinator and um, caterer, I took on the whole ship charity representation, yeah, representative. So, charity rep, you know, charity rep for the ship. So, I was the charity rep for the senior mates and one officer's mess. Um, we didn't have a chosen charity. Now, the command officer at the time. Were you. Hang on, what do you mean you didn't have a chosen charity? So each each mess um, uh, on a ship, so junior eights will have a, a charity they will represent and fundraise for. The PO's mess will have a charity they represent and fundraise for and, and, and so on. That's every ship? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's amazing. I yeah. never knew that. Yeah. You don't get any of that in the army. No. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's, mate, that, honestly, that is surprising. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that is superb. Yeah. Go on. So um, we obviously we... Not a lot of refit ourselves and didn't have a charity. So, um, the command officer, Stephen Anderson, um, he kind of said to me, you know, there's a charity headed up by Jim Davidson, new charity. Um, he's going to, he's friends with him. He's going to come on board and that just as, as a visit. Um, how about the senior eight mess, the chief one was mess, you know, represent that charity. So, um, Jim came down. I picked him up from the main gate at the, the naval base. Um, Drove him down with his um, smoky coal and goose um, MC. Um, they came on board the ship and that. And they, oh, smoky coal and goose MC. Smoky coal was um, at the start when the charity first formed. He was part of it. Um, he was a Falklands veteran, ex Navy stoker. So smoky coal. Mm-hmm. Um, and goose is ex SAS, um, who was a co-founder of the charity. So came on board. Um, pitched it across to us yeah fine and we then pitched an idea back to him we'd, we'd do a, a fundraising cycle um, from 
Devonport to the County of Sutherland, which was affiliated with the ship, HMS Sutherland, County of Sutherland in Scotland, and was cycled back again. Hmm. So Jim was all happy for that, and we 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 did, did that cycle. And um, I then left the, left the ship. Um, the mess carried on um, representing that that charity. Um, I then went to did another fundraising event for him. I went and did a twelve hour physical circuit challenge at Her Majesty's Prison, Winchester. So it was pitched to me that um, <laughs> sounds like a deceit in you uh, somewhere. <laughs> no, because it's pitched to me that there'd be navy representatives, um, army, RAF, some civilians, and you would do a twelve-hour continuous circuit challenge. Obviously, it breaks in between alongside the prisoners in the gym. Oh, brilliant! Why not? So I rocked up, got in there, met the, you know, the governor and the, the, the staff, the prison wardens, and that. Um, in with all the prisoners um, and I was the only military person there apart from a couple of there's one server and a couple of veterans in the in prison anyway and I thought um, so what's oh that? they were prisoners yeah, so, so you were the yeah, only non-convict yes and I thought what's, you know, I was promised the army was going to be there but no, the army didn't send anyone the RAF didn't send anyone it's only me from the navy and I thought well and the civvies turned up they said but we can only stay for 6 hours rather than 12 so I just basically embraced it and you know had a chat with the lads and that and there was a a serving army um, I think he was Irish is that Irish regiment Irish guards Irish guards well you got Royal Irish and Irish guards yeah so he, things, yeah. he was one of them he was inside for, for fighting kind of thing and had a chat with them it's civvy prison yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and basically yeah, I just chat with them and then Jim turned up with um, with representatives from the charity and you know he, he noticed me straight away and you know and then took it from there and then then I found out my commanding officer on Sutherland who then left um, the ship because his time was done and he got um, nominated um, to be chairman of the charity Jim did? Uh, no oh, Stephen so, yeah, Anderson yeah, yeah. Former, yeah. so he got nominated as chairman of the charity so I sent him an email saying oh congratulations sir and all that I said there's anything upcoming with the charity so just let me know and that's when he said um, oh do you fancy organising another event called the Pickle, Pickle Ride so I thought yeah, just, yeah okay fine and then Organised that, and we did that this year, which was absolutely the pickle ride, which mental. follows the route of uh, of the message that came back on HM. Oh no, your man Pickle. Yeah, his name was Pickle, wasn't it? No, the ship. The, the schooner, ship was called the schooner, schooner was called pickle, pickle, and it was the messenger that was bringing the the news the command of, officer, the, yeah. of Napoleon's death. Yes, the command officer. Yeah, so we did that, um, and that went absolutely crazy, as in the people wanted to get involved and and stuff well, like that. And, I'm sure Simon told me how much money you've raised so far. You've raised how much? Yeah, you it was thirty thousand, thirty thousand and seventy-four. Oh, off that ride, yeah, that's flipping epic. Yeah, so that's it, a lot of money for yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot yeah. of money for the ride. So not just the ride, obviously, no. not just the ride. Well, but, but, you know. but basically, when it was pitched to me, was we was going to do it in November last year to, to coincide with the exact date. Mm. But um, we 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 had about six or seven riders and people pulled out. We had down to two riders, and like, you know, so Jim said, right, let's just cancel it. Because Jim was going to do support kind of thing, mm-hmm. it was council and we'll reconvene. So we did it for May, um, and then we had <clears> twenty five riders. But we turned, I called it a day at twenty five because there's more people going. Oh, can I get involved? Can I get involved? Why was the difference between that one and the previous one then? What was the difference? What made the difference without were you struggling for riders in the first time and then not just social media? I think we we yeah. ramped it up more on social yeah, yeah, media. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. as soon as you get a couple of people, because there was a few, quite a few serving personnel, and they spoke to their oppos and they said, "Oh, I'm getting involved," with that and and just escalated from there um, 
but yeah it was just i had to bring in someone so it was down to me to organize but i had to bring in a, a good friend of mine that i could trust you know to to basically give him some of the work to do because it was just like trying to organize the kit the accommodation all the logistics around it support vehicles and you know people people would always go oh anything he's doing you know help out my flatmate who took it was one of the cyclists as well um the one officer that went to russia he helped oh, yeah. out quite a bit and, you know because i live with him in, in, we share a flat in bristol and at work he had to listen over and over again of what i was trying to do and that but you know when pulled it off and went across really well um so well in fact that we're going to do it again next year mm. um but we want to evolve the event um just want to get more veterans involved we're getting, road bikes yes yeah, so we're on road bikes yeah. and um we had british bike hire which um based in mansfield they they um gave us bikes people didn't have bike. i i i hate cycling i hate a strong word i'm not a cyclist <laughs> Go on. and after the one i did in 2014 to the scotland and back again i said i oh, never again how far was that so we did it as a relay but it was over something like 1600 miles eight cyclists oh ah so it was done as a relay relay so two cyclists on the road at any one time yeah so you do like 30 miles then you That's get 400 off. miles each then yeah pretty much That's 400 but yeah. we didn't have we were sleeping on a minibus floor so when you had your time oh, off God. so he was constantly in transit until we got to scotland and we had one night in a um a hotel and then we did it back the other way oh, you did it both ways yeah oh, came back God. again um oh, must have, that must have been a, what was the morale like halfway oh my well basically God. we got to the hotel and a few people went straight to the bar and that i just what, got me head down for a couple of hours you know cause how much break did you have in between coming back how much time off yeah they go in there and coming back we got got there about i think it was about two in the afternoon and then by seven o'clock next morning it was gone again oh my to come back yeah oh my god how long did the trip up take so we did it in seven days they were back in seven days oh that's pretty flipping heck that's yeah. pretty good yeah so, um, so yeah so the pickle rise is going to happen again next year um but we want to evolve it we're going to get you know we're looking at the hand cyclists and amputees and stuff and that because they've you know showing an interest which is good and also because we we started off at 25 not all 25 could do the full three days it was horrendous this year and i wanted to pull out a few times um but i thought i can organize something and pull out <laughs> <laughs> um so um we're gonna do it it could be relay teams as well but then off the back end of that we had, we all got invited to the um craft combat summer ball so the whole pickle ride team got invited simon mentioned that to me yeah um it was after day one so Day one when we it was hideous, so wet, you know, wind, rain, really broke a lot of it's people. It's quite undulating terrain as well, isn't it? Really, yeah. really hilly. And um, we went to a um, went for carvery in the evening. It was about ten o'clock at night. We went for carvery. So you were not on point with the diet then for cycling. No, no. <laughs> no. So it was about yeah, half nine, ten o'clock. Went for this carvery, which yeah. Toby Carvery stayed open for us for it. And um, Jim basically just stood up and said, "Right," he said, "You know, he lives kind of like a, a privileged life kind of thing," and he's brought down very much brought down to earth by seeing what we went through he was like taken aback by it and he said i want you all to be guests at summer ball mm. um which you know really good so majority of us went up and then we all went on stage and that after the, the the film which was put together got played for the whole for the whole um you know all the guests um all got given out a little gizzard and then unbeknown to me that jim went oh and also something special for you gav um new you know said a little speech new ambassador and then took it from there. Sweet. So yeah, so now it's just like it's really good. Um pile more work on your plate then. <laughs> it does, and, and sometimes it, it can seem like it takes over over a bit, but 
it's for you know it's for the better kind of yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. It, same with anything you know you got sometimes you've got to put your phone down and just just leave it for a bit but there's other things going on like events we're trying to organize and for the, the fundraising thing it's not always about the money it's about the awareness and that because after combat it does you know it deals with veterans within the prison system there was no other charity really that, that did that so um they were basically and i think we spoke about this on the phone like the buddy buddy system um so mm. those it's called the phoenix project phoenix project at the minute there's about 370 people on the phoenix project so 370 veterans in the criminal justice system that are signed up and they will then get assigned a mentor they signed up to your the phoenix project phoenix project yeah okay. so which is care after combat yeah, project, right? yeah yeah so um representative from the chari- charity will go in meet the veterans sign them up and then within the last 15 months of that prisoner's sentence they'll get assigned a mentor which is a, a veteran volunteer so the volunteer um will get all the training he needs or she needs um to be a mentor and then they get um taken to the prison to meet the, the veteran introduced um so that that's the last 15 months of sentence and then they continue with that mentor up to 12 months after the sentence after they're released so it's kind of like you know buddy buddy system so you have on call if you need to chat or whatever or in the charity helps them get back on their feet you know with employment with housing and stuff like that so there was no other charity really doing that um and the fact that reoffending for so at the minute they got a, a big success rate the charity so for veterans coming out it's um the reoffending rate seven percent what's the reoffending rate for normal general population forty five percent flipping neck okay yeah yeah and the cost of reoffending for the taxpayer two hundred thousand pound a person Jesus Christ and the fact that uh, this charity is not government funded as well it's kind of like hang on a minute yeah you know. yeah, yeah. say the, the lines are you know they've done the crime they will do the time but as long as it's not to the extreme circumstances what are the criteria for the prisoners that you will um, accept on the project <laughs> I think yeah, obviously, so not for sure. I, I know they don't go near the, obviously, you know, the ones that are sex offenders and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. there's no dealings with that kind of thing. Um, and ones that are like um, violent towards children and stuff like that. They, they kind of steer clear of that. So, but mainly it's ones of you know, drug and alcohol problems. They've done you know, a bit of burglary, hit someone, um, you know. Crimes nonetheless. Yeah, but not yeah, the, exactly, not, yeah. The, not, not the ones that are going to hit the front pages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, then, you know, the ones that are deserving of a second chance and that, that, you know, they've had their own problems and that. Um, and that's why, why they've ended up in prison. But, mm-hmm. as you know, like, <laughs> trying to get fundraising for that charity, not a lot of people, you know, you know donate some money to this charity that someone might have burgled your home. <laughs> you know, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah, that way. So, yeah. So, <laughs> but people, people do because I think we've, as a country, we're quite forgiven as long as someone has paid the price of what they've done. It's not too extreme, you know. It, people are deserving a second chance. Everyone makes mistakes, and yeah, I, 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 I think the same as you. I, I agree. I agree. Um, uh, but I, I think our opinion that's probably half the population of the half is yeah. the complete opposite it's a very you know it's yeah. a very um, divided div, uh, dividing subject yeah. but uh, a divisive divisive subject but but then that half who are who think the same as you and me are 
very generous I, yeah. I suggest that's not the same thing the half aren't just no. the opinions <laughs> so yeah. yeah so yeah but say so they reckon that the overall prison population for veterans in the prison system there comes three and a half thousand veterans in prison okay which is quite that's, that's the figure they give out yeah but they reckon the figure's higher than that because there's a lot of prisoners that don't want to admit to being yeah. armed forces yeah for a number of reasons mm-hmm. um so yeah so but it, that, that's the main the main thing the charity does but they've also got a They've also done a, a link up with the um, Burton Addiction Clinic, um, which deals with alcohol and drugs. Okay. So they will send veterans to this um, clinic in Burton um, to get clean. Because what I didn't know about until I started kind of getting more involved with charity things, the big charities like Combat Stress, Help for Heroes, whatever, they probably, what I've, I have been told, if a veteran goes to them with a problem, whatever it is, but they're under the influence of alcohol, as an addiction or drugs. They they won't help until that person that person is off drinking drugs. Well, are you, about are you know about veterans charities? Yes, that's not the case for more. It's not any case for more. No, okay. no, no, no. At least we no, put right uh, on that. No, it's no, it's not. No, okay. no, it's not. But I would imagine yeah. it'd be a case for quite a few. Yeah, because they used to t- you know say, you know, until you're clean, we can't we can't help you. That's what I was led to believe. See. Mm. It might not be the case now, but I think there's certain. It'll vary across the yeah. board. That will, Gav. It'll yeah. vary across the board. To, I, I'm pretty sure that health for heroes is not the case. Um, I'm ah, not health for heroes. What am I thinking of? No, I said it very varies across the board. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but for various reasons. But if if I am totally incorrect, it'd be nice for the. Charities can't say well that's not the case because you know say there's there's was it four thousand charities is there? Yeah, yes, yeah, it's a it's lot. A lot. And you think that char- well, military charities, yeah, just all work together be a nice thing. All work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm. that's multi-million pounds. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, multi-million pound industry. Yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I the the um i mentioned this with johnny on tuesday it's like uh when i my experience with help heroes i ended up involved with four or five different organizations so they're all three or four and and they were all some of some of the charities some of them are not some of them are private mm-hmm. some of them are governmental um and they're all sort of partnered with each other that's how i got involved with it all but the communication yeah, oh, so. there wasn't any. There wasn't any. It was just like no one. I, I didn't know what's going on. They didn't know what's going on. It's like what the. I, I would. Li- I mean, I got a call off one organisation and it's charity, and they call me and they go da 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 talk to me. And go and I say, who's put, who's just to stop you because you're saying the same. This seems I'm going to go down the same path you as I'm going down with yeah. X and your Y and their X. So I just want to make sure there's not duplicate. Du- uh, duplication of effort going on on your end because I don't want to go with you and go yeah sorted if it's already been done there mm-hmm. and I said who's put you on? Oh, I'm not sure it's uh, yeah I'm not sure and they didn't know and it was it turned out it was help for heroes through the NHS through someone else to them but there was the information but that listen I have to like I want to be really careful here. This is me not saying they're all this is this is crap. They absolutely no. like they and need to exist. Need to do what they do. 
and with the the enormity of the task they have, not just military charities, any charity trying to do stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then so just to deal with the people they want to help, whoever that may be, children in Africa, flipping military in the UK, or I don't know what where, right? To focus on that, and then try and establish like coordination between agencies and all the rest of yeah. it. It's a fucking epic. Yeah, it can be done better though. <laughs> it can be, and that's, that's why. Social media is great, you know, and I think that's helped a lot. But also, it's got its, its negatives as well because there's people with massive followings, and as soon as you kind of badmouth one charity, if that person's got twenty thousand, thirty thousand followers, and then it gets retweeted, retweeted, it kind of gets sends the impression that all charities are bad, and then I think that has a detrimental effect on people that want to get help because they think, I mean, if someone's saying. That, you know, red. T- I hate. I hate the term red tape because as long if, if you can't put if you can't put an example with it, it just it can mean anything. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. so. Yeah, I've, you're right. That <laughs> that social media thing and um and the way that uh, the actions of a few affect the like an organisation. It can be horrendous. Look at the Oxfam thing. There's a couple of things at uh, yeah. the same time. The Oxfam thing. We had the, the reports of the workers in. It's Africa somewhere. Um, engaging in prostitution mm. out there. Which, if they were told like, not to do it, it's fucking wrong. Yeah. Look, some countries it's legal. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't know what it was. I can't remember the country they're in. But either way, it was a stupid thing to do, right? Especially working for a charity out there. Um, and I think it was to, I think the work they were doing was to do with, it was some, I, I think it was to do with like women, like, um, women's rights and, like, and, and stuff like that, I think. Maybe wrong, but either way, right? They got, they got, they they shouldn't have done it, and and they got dragged across the coals for it. But so did the charity. Yeah, it was like Oxfam uh, were were the were with the pimp. No, they you've sent how big is Oxfam? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people, right? Yeah. You had a handful of them out there who went got who, who, and they were doing this repeatedly, weren't they? It was oh, yeah, like yeah. Going out every time they went out, just taking the piss. Yeah, going to lash prostitution. Right? That handful. But the impact that had on Oxfam, oh my Massive. God. And if it has an impact on Oxfam and the fundraising they have, think of how many, like, kid, how many people in need, kids, adults, that Oxfam help were impacted by that. Yeah. It's just, it really it fucking annoyed me. But because it's that, uh, that uh, media thing is a blow up proportion. Let's just sink the ship. Bad people on yeah. it. You've got rats on a ship, sink the whole fucking ship. Don't kill the rats. Sink the whole yeah, yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? The impact that has is hideous. So I know what you're saying. And when you get one bit of bad opinion online and that 20,000, that one tweet turns into 20,000 tweets by a, sig- uh, a very well followed person, the impact that has on an organization is fucking horrendous. Yeah. yeah. Horrendous. And, and, it's, and most of the time it's wrong. Yeah, is that, yeah. But that, I mean, uh, that's media, feel, isn't it? And, 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 and social media. I say, there is good things about this. You know, say, everyone's, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but as long as that opinion is backed up by facts and not just kind of, you know. Yeah. They're yeah. doing this, they're doing this and not helping this person kind of thing. Therefore, we're all, they're all bad. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. What's the, what, uh, care after combat, what is, um, they care we dare? They dare we care. They dare we care. So it was on. So they used to sell a ship plaque. So put the merchandise um, for Cav to Combat to raise funds was a ship's plaque. And on that, there's some Latin. Latin. 
I basically inquired about it, and they said, "Oh, yeah, the Latin is they care, they they dare what, we what care." Sh- what ship's plaque? So each ship has a plaque, yeah. so you know it's, it's its own emblem. Yeah. Kind of. Um, and I said, "Oh, what's what's the Latin on it?" And so I said, "They care we dare." And I thought quite interesting. So I thought, "Well, why you know why doesn't it get used more?" Kind of thing. You know, each charity kind of has its own you know um, punchline, not punchline, you know, motto kind of yeah. thing, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, so I thought, and I thought, what was missing from the pickle ride? We didn't have a kind of kind of a saying for social media kind of yeah we call it the pickle ride but it was no kind of like um they care we dare was kind of like quite catchy and stuff like that so i kind of then inquired with dan bream who's another ambassador for the charity um mm-hmm. who does digital marketing i said like can you do me up a logo for um and basically on they care we dare um it'll be basically set up to support care after combat but we like the fundraising side of things that i'm kind of involved with because what I want to try and do, I don't want to do these these little fun, you know, all little fundraising, all fundraising events are brilliant. You know, don't get me wrong, but you want to inspire more people to fundraise, and you want to bring in veterans alongside armed forces. Because what we learned from the picker we just did, with um, I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning his name, um, an Invictus Games London medalist, mm-hmm. Adam Clark, ex Royal Marine, had his own problems, etc., and he's seen it on social media, and he went. I'd love to get involved. He goes, I'm fighting my own demons at the minute. I need something to focus my mind. You know, brilliant, come along. Mm-hmm. And for that three days, cycling, being a part of people that are still serving, being a part of, you know, with other veterans, he really enjoyed it, you know. So we want to do um, more events, bringing in veterans, you know, mixing it up a bit. And also not casting aside civvies, you know, bring them in because then they can understand what we do and what we're about and, you know, the kind of camaraderie and that. Um, so... Dan did the logo, um, brilliant logo. Jim loved it. So did Stephen, the, the um, chairman. So right, I'll start getting this on on sports tops and that for fundraisers and that. And I did a event down down in Wales um, a few weeks back. I had the logo on a running vest, um, which got a, a local company in Stafford, Taylor Brandon, to do it. Um, people really like it, and then they said, "Oh, can we can we buy one? Buy one up?" So right, okay, here we go. So I said, <laughs> so I said to Jim, I said, right, it's. It's getting a lot of interest. People like the logo. People like the, the sports tops, the shirt vests. I'm going to plan to sell it at a profit, and the profits will go to the charity. So um, it got okay. Um, the trustees, yeah, fine, okay. So basically, you know, publicity for awareness of the charity. It's kind of our own logo for fundraising for the charity, mm-hmm. and doing some nice gear for people fundraising and that. So. That's the way it's going. So basically, it's it's, it's me that fronts it. They dare we care. I've got people like uh, Mark Stingray, who's um, a servant navy, involved as well. Um, and it's basically it's me that fronts it, but it's involvement with veterans and serving armed forces personnel. So although it's me sending out the tweets and that, I've got someone else working the Facebook page, um, someone else working the Instagram page. Um, and we're all coming up with the same the same lines as in we're here to support care after combat. We want to do these big fundraising events. We want to bring veterans in, and we want to bring civilians in, and, and you know, and and go from there. Um, but also, you know, we, I don't want us just limit. Yeah, I'm a care to combat ambassador, but I don't just want to limit myself to to one charity. I do my fundraising for them, but if I can help another charity by promoting their event or or passing on my experience of organising something as big as the pickle ride we just did, you know, then then I'll, I'll happily. Mm. Give them the information they need and, and assist where I can. You know, um, there's a, a, a really good 
charity in a minute, which is quite local to me, Cunnock. You must have heard of Cunnock. Yeah, over the Cunnock. And, um, help a squaddy. Um, and they do some, you know, same on social media. Now. They do some brilliant stuff for veterans. And it's quite a small charity. You know, so I've, you know, I've retweeted quite a lot of their stuff and that. Hmm. And there's loads of brilliant brilliant charities out there. There's loads of brilliant fundraisers. Do you see the one recently, Chris Thrall? You seen that one? Chris? Chris Thrall. He's an ex-Royal Marine. How would you spell that? T-H-R-A-L-L. Okay. And I believe he's doing it for the Bastion Batten Charity. Batten Charity. Um, I see his loads the of Bastion char- Batten Charity. Yeah, the Batten Charity. Not Bastion. No, B-A-S-T-I-A-N. Bastion. Yeah. Yeah, Bastion. It is Bastion, yeah. As in Camp Bastion. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, B-A-S-T-I-O-N. Yeah. And, um, it's basically, yeah, they've got the baton, so there's a stretch, um, a stretcher baton, and the message is take this baton around, you know, spread the word. And, um, anyway, Chris Frull, he's doing an unaided ultramarathon a day from Land's End to John O'Groats. 50 mile. A day. Us. How many days un, is that going to take? Well, but uns, unsupported. So he's got his like he's got his tent or his sleeping stuff, and they wake up in the morning wherever he is, run fifty miles, get your head down, wake up, run fifty miles. That's mental. You know, oh my so, god! You know, well, the first thing that popped into my head there is food. Yeah. Uh, the calories you have to take on. Yeah. Fucking. When's he starting that? He started it. He started it, didn't he? So he put out a tweet this morning saying he woke up a bit cold, wet, damp, but some <laughs> summer shining. Is, is the next when fi- did he start it? I don't know. He's the next 50 miles. And I was like, what? oh my God. You know. How long ago did he start? Roughly. I think it's only a few days in. Jesus Christ. You know, and there's, you say, there's a lot of care out there, isn't there? A lot of, and they say, fundraising things. We got, say. So give me his details after this. Chris Thruel. Yeah. T H R U A A L. T H R U A A L. R A double L. All right, Th- uh, thrall. 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 Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, my Devonshire accent. Yeah, kind of <laughs> mixed up with Midlands. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we got um, we wanted this the next event. Um, Find heroes is what we're going to do, which is going to be April. Yeah, we're doing teams of two. And we want about we want about eight or ten people. We're going to basically for five days. We're going to land these teams of two. We just just your mobile phone, clothes on your back sleeping bag and someone is going to well, we know who it is Big Phil Campion is going to name the first hero either living or well, present or deceased that we have to go and find so make you make your own way across the country however means possible goodwill mm-hmm. of people to find that that military hero so mm. over five days what do you mean find him if he's deceased so where you know, where he's buried or, or where the monument is kind of are you going to phones you got you got your mobile phone, but you're not allowed to use any of your own money. You're not allowed to use family support. So basically, you'll be. When's this happening? April. I'm gonna say April 10th. How would you get involved in that? Me. Stick my yeah, name yeah. down for that. So basically, land the teams of two. I'll drive the support vehicle. Well, we did, well <laughs> thing is, they're all. I'll be up for that, yeah. mate. Absolutely. And it, big big feels basically because I remember the summer, um, the summer ball, um, and spoke briefly via you know direct message now. So right. We want someone with a good following, which he has, to nominate the first hero. But you're not allowed to tell us until 24 hours before the event starts. So 24 hours before the event starts, he will nominate so you can, can his you, military hero yeah. that we have to go and find. And they could be living or they could be dead. Can you look up... So you can go online and look where they're buried, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so as soon as he, he says who it is, you know who you're in a team with. You'll then do your research 
and then you'll basically beg, grovel, hitchhike from the start to where you got to go. So you're competing against the other teams. Got yeah, got yeah. So we want to show basically veterans and armed forces personnel how they use their. That's going to be dramas. It's yeah. going to be dramas yeah. on that one. I tell you, it's going to be dramas. <laughs> but you, you, you're relying on the good. Your initiative, yeah, fucking yeah. Hell. Using the goodwill of people now, and and the people are getting hijacked. Don't <laughs> 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 <No>, say that. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of yeah. We've just we've kind of just fought it up recently, and that we thought, all right, that'd, that'd be a good one because we don't want all the challenges to be massively physical because you want to involve as much people as possible. You know, cycling three hundred miles is, is physical. Running an ultra marathon every day. It's just fucking stupid. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's good, but it's stupid. Yeah. You know, um, and then Jim's big thing, he wants to do the um, reenact the Tabin Yomp that was done in the Falklands yeah. conflict. Yeah. Um, and that's 60 miles over two days. And he he said he wanted 100 people to do that. Um, oh, he wants to do it in the Falklands? No, no, no. He's going to do it. We're going to probably do it over Dartmoor. Okay. Um but it's very in the early planning stages. So these are big, quite big events. And Yeah, I did 50 in one. Uh, yeah, one. I had, yeah. You won it, didn't you? Didn't no, you that was, no, that was, no, that was, no, 50 miler was, um, we just did it with three power. We just like, right, everyone's going to do 50 miler. Okay. And <laughs> just start and start, start until you finished, mate. <laughs> we kit on. No, the one I won was, um, it's a team of us, me and two others. Me, I got like, Austin Fitch and I like, called, uh, Basma. That was 20, it was 24 miles. Uh, I think the San Carlos to go screening record played in the Falklands. Uh, I don't know how we fucking won it. I, I got told I was on it. I was on the piss the night before. It was like, an epic. I was young though. He's young and the young. You get away with it, yeah. Yeah, mate. I, we just, I'm looking at the time. We got to start wrapping this up. Um, right. Tell me um, how people can look up Care After Combat and they dare we care. So they dare we they dare we care is on Twitter at cac underscore ambassador is the hashtag they dare we care yeah okay there you go um, on Facebook it is um, they dare we care at they dare they dare we care um, Instagram is they underscore dare underscore they yeah. the hashtag yeah, yeah, is yeah, 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 so, yeah. so you'll you'll find it that way um, Craft Combat is also on on Twitter there's there's numerous ones because there's four different officers so you got Careful Combat HQ, which at the minute is run by Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got the um, South Wales office, and you've got the Wrexham office, and you've got the new one, which is Newark office. So they got their own separate Twitter accounts. Yeah. Um, and f- Facebook as well. So, And also they've got the, the website as well, so you can learn, you can read about what they do. So there's... CareAfterCombat.org. Org, okay. Um, so yeah, so you can look them up on means of social media, and yeah, it's... Um, Say, only the charity's only four years old, so doing well, mate. Doing yeah. very well. What, who else do you want to mention? Mention, I'll say we got well, there's numerous people. Got a, well, not numerous people. So, basically, ones that helped out the most during the pickle ride, you know, you got Stingray, you got Cypals, is awesome. But then, ones you know, Jim probably doesn't get an awful lot of credit for what he does for veterans, you know, some of it might be done to, you know, Simon opened my eyes a bit to it. Um, yeah. I I thought that Jim would be a bit of a backseat driver. That's no offence to you, Jim. If you ever watch no. this or listen to this, um, I thought that uh, I, and like a lot of celebrities are, is that oh yeah yeah I'll be part of that organisation, and they just want to put their name to something for a bit of a bit of uh, effort free publicity. Mm-hmm. That is almost exactly the opposite to what yeah. Simon said to me with with Jim. 
yeah, I so, was really yeah. surprised. Not because Jim, but as a surprise at how involved he is. He's fucking he's yeah, in there, mate. Yeah. Smashing it. Yeah, he's amazing. Awesome. And so he did the support driving for three days with Pickle Ride. He, he slept. Slept with the lads. Ate with the lads. Joked with the lads. Did he really? Yeah. I, you can't in the barracks and that. people are. no um, you know he said himself he lives a privileged life you know what I mean I, I, and, and, but he's willing to get in the, in the yeah. dirt and you know just um, basically yeah just, well I'm, I'm very happy in that, that they've obviously brought me into the fold to, to help this charity um, because it's for other reasons it's quite quite close to, mm-hmm. to some personal life things but um, just everywhere you know, British bike basically there's, there's companies involved with the, with the pickle ride and it wouldn't have been a success if we didn't have them have them involved in our British bike hire and they've even signed up for the next year to, to provide bikes and everything mm-hmm. so I, I don't British bike. bike hire yeah, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't own a bike because <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking like cycling <laughs> <laughs> I don't like cycling um, so yeah just basically just thank it's too many people to thank name by name it's just everyone well the best thing people can do is get on uh, care after combat and they dare be care have a look at that and um, and uh, yeah mate awesome work and also well thank you for getting me on here to, to share no problem uh, anytime seven, seven personnel we, you can talk to us <laughs> <laughs> Gav thanks a lot mate appreciate it excellent thanks a lot That's it. Another shout out to our sponsors today, Westway Nissan. Don't forget, they're doing 20%, up to 20% off their vehicles for service personnel and veterans. So get along, take a look at them. WestwayNissan.co.uk. Their MD has a huge, very strong connection with the military, very strong indeed, and has indeed been a, a, uh, a guest on this podcast at one of the shows previously. So get along, uh, get on to the website. Get on on Facebook as well and on. Uh, yeah, they're on Instagram. They're even on Instagram. Westway Nissan. Our uh, other sponsor today was McDonald Brown Limited. McDonaldBrownLTD.co.uk. A family-owned business. Been trading for over 40 years. Uh, they do all manner of things. Mechanical and electrical installation. Design and build specialist. Total office fit-outs. They've got CAD in-house, which reduces their costs, which reduces your costs if you need them. Boiler room refurb- refurbishments. Data and voice installers. Air conditioning heating and ventilation manufacturers and installers as well they got all the accreditation under the sun they i mean if you added all the isos together it'd probably come to like 999 million all those numbers 9001 14001 18001 22301 50001 not only that rosper gold achievers really good guys sponsoring the show mcdonald brown ltd.co.uk mcdonald brown limited on facebook and on twitter thank you that's it until the next time out <laughs>